This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What up, it's Force of Fun up on the track, yo! There's a new queen in this game. She go by the name. Miracle trigger on the stack and casting it. Just like time St. Catherine's happening. Five, 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 blink, think I flash it in. Trying the truth, we both voracious. Oops, my B, I meant voracious. Honestly, my dexpedacious. My miracles are so salacious. Get your heart in public, ostentatious. For decay, that's Warhammer. In the church of force of fill the clamor for his necklace. Cause they're so enamored. Cause it mashes like the Brits that's bangers. I correctly cast predict a plan to kind of balance all your tricks you jammed. Determine this, your boy, your lands are stranded. I'll throw your face and then I'll snap a candid. Presidium protectiva. That's St. Catherine's flavor feature. Shuffle sit cards right underneath her. She's Ethereum. I'm Tez the Seeker. I'm Botticelli. She's Primavera. I'm a nation for Libra I'm Renoir. She's Grenoblea. I'm a T-shirt. Bernal de Vivre. I'm Goya. She's Tormachia. I'm Van Gogh. She's Mona Lisa. I'm Rembrandt. She's the Thandavera. I'm Dubs on Twitch. She's the Pain Slayer. Warhammer. Those were art bars. Like an artist, I draw cards. Illustrator. I'm illustrious. I'm a writer. Here's a plot twist. Miracle St. Catherine. Like a javelin to the abdomen. In the She's a deadly sin, she'll string you out like a violin She's sticky like a goblin on the battlefield She's residing in, no denying it or defying it Time to resign the game and sign the slip She'll beat you down with a cape and shield She'll steal your life and then make you feel So sad and lonely and so defeated You'll beg for mercy, wish you'd concede it But you had your chance, that's in the past This game was over when it came to pass Your fate was sealed right from the start When I miracle this work of art Miracle St. Catherine By design she's so sublime Turning water into wine She overhauls the archetype haters try to deny the hype but triumph shrugs it off like she's gripped tonight and you're superman with your stupid plan she'll make you resign like your vince mcmahon she'll make you tap with a sharpshooter best there was best there is while you're a loser rock bottom you straight through the basement she'll stone cold stun you to your grave since she's mtg's new undertaker tombstone you that's a neck breaker triumphs the truth is an understatement she saw the flare it's second nature she's triple h she's taking over she's dean malenko with the four leaf clover she's bold weird intimidator and you're a coward who can't block her either she's future sight um Precedented. You can call her Garrett cause she's relentless She'll break your teeth, send you to the dentist You're a partisan, she's an independent A triumph is a funeral, a procession so beautiful A lingo's a little unusual, but I'll still outplay you inscrutable Magic, the gathering is not magic St. Catherine, the red zones, a labyrinth for your creatures Inadequate Miracle St. Catherine, like a javelin to the abdomen and the tops of them. She's a deadly sin, she'll string you out like a violin. She's sticky like a goblin on the battlefield. She's residing in, no denying it or defying it. Time to resign the game and sign the slip. She'll beat you down with a cape and shield. She'll steal your life and then make you feel so sad and lonely and so defeated. You'll beg for mercy, wish you'd concede it, but you had your chance. That's in the past. This game was over when it came to pass. Your fate was sealed right from the start when I miracle this work of art. There's a new queen in this game. She go by the name. What it do?
Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Tom Bombadil. No, Phil Blackman. Phil, Yo, what up? Going, it's, it's, it, it's Phil the Bombadil <laughs> over here. Question for you, Zach. Yes. Is it likelier that the most aggressive degenerate is going to open the actual one-for-one -one ring? Or one of you one mean ring? like you me? Or like Alex Pertaccini will open the one ring or something? Do, do you think the one ring is more likely to be opened by a, a terrible degenerate? Or do you think the moral, the moral compass of the world upon which we live will bestow upon this million dollar bill it, to... You know, the, it's hard the, to say because of us. it would... Okay, so it could be on flavor, right? And the one ring slips and finds its way into the hands of, of a deserving, morally correct hobbit. Or, uh, you know, it could just be the dark one finds finds his ring and, uh, you know, we're cast into an age of darkness. So I, I, I don't know, Phil. It would be on flavor if it went to, to like a child, right? Like it just went to somebody who just like had no idea what they had or like the cool uncle of a child and then and then that was just passed down i don't know if i open it i'm buying a house the answer <laughs> is it's going to go to the richest amongst us yes eventually uh, eventually it will find its yeah eventually it will find its hand to the richest person the the cool thing about this is that the what the ring i mean this is going to be a flavor episode you're going to tell us all the, all the flavor <laughs> and whether or not the top down flavor of the cards that have been spoiled yep. so far we're recording the same day as the initial spoilers yep if that if the flavor hits but i think the, as as somebody who i know the lore i've seen the movies but i don't know it as in depth as you like you're you're a master at the stuff i am definitely the casual for lord of the rings but what the one of one ring actually does flavor wise compared to what the one ring does in the story i feel like is pretty spot on it's, it's, it's just pretty it's pretty close yeah i, I just, like it a let's, lot let's Let's all draw out the worst of us as much as possible yeah. and print this million dollar bill. I mean, that's the thing, right? Where if, if somebody opens this, they are in the unique place of knowing that only one is in existence. Yes. And therefore, get to dictate the you price. You to say how much it costs, right? It's it's yeah. it's so rare to, that there you get are to be more, in a position where you're like- There are more alpha black lotuses than there will be this one ring. This, so. this and the 96, 1996 World Championship card are the only two cards that will have a single copy of itself. Yeah. But this one will be worth way more because the 1996 World Championship card doesn't have- it's Not only is it unplayable, <laughs> but it doesn't also doesn't have the iconic lore- of the the greatest or yeah the, the greatest well story known, ever told right like come the, on the, the most well known uh, uh, story in all of nerddom yeah. aside from like Star Wars and also if th this thing will never see a table this thing will never be put down on the oh, table man, no. it will be it open, shouldn't it will be graded and put into a metallic case that will never see air ever again yeah I I think yeah I think you're correct uh for for background just so everyone knows where I'm coming from uh lore wise. I am a card-carrying member of the Tolkien Society. I have my like uh, I have my Amon Hen magazines behind me, which are like it's basically like what what Phil in the Wind does, but for Lord of the Rings. I'm on it. Like this is my this is my thing. You heard Blake today on the episode, like the drop episode for the first. Also, we have an interview that Zach did with Blake that yes. uh, Zach is going to link right here. Bang! So check that out over there. It was a good quick interview. Um, so the thing about that is, is so Blake Blake does a really good job of of talking about like the base level of nerddom for this when he starts off the the, um, the episode or the cast or whatever the first look and and he says I'm enough of a Lord of the Rings fan that I I like 
can tell people that I've read the Silmarillion, but I don't remember all the parts. I'm the guy that remembers most of the parts. I don't know all of them. Hashtag Feanor did nothing wrong. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and that means so, nothing to me. Yeah, yeah. Phil's in the dark. You know, Phil, just so that you know, the Silmarils are these jewels that this guy Feanor made. And then Morgoth, who's the OG Dark Lord, stole. And he, no one needs this information, right? Like, I have way too much knowledge on, on the subject. So this is the one time I can get to kind of uh, Lord Lord of the Rings it over everybody. Anyhow, the One Ring. Let's talk about the One Ring because I am super excited about this card. The One Ring is a four mana legendary artifact with indestructible. And it says... It says uh, when it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, you gain protection from everything until your next turn. And then it has at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose a life for each bird encounter on the one ring. And then it has tap at a bird, uh, put a bird encounter on the one ring and then draw cards equal to the number of bird encounters. On, on first read, I didn't put together that you weren't taking damage when you tap it. You're taking damage on your upkeep. So if you can find ways to untap this, that's an ancestral recall, right? Like you play it for four, it's four mana, sure. You play it for four mana, you time walk, right? Like your opponent's not doing anything to you for the next turn. And it's, it's going to be very hard for them to kill the one ring as well. Yeah, because uh, it's indestructible. Uh, of note, it doesn't give your stuff protection. It only gives you protection. Correct. Which yeah. is an effective time walk in that it means you can't die unless yeah. they play a card like Fastest Oracle that says they win the game. So Correct. otherwise you are untouchable for the turn. Although your stuff on board can still be interacted with. Yes, yes. And that and that that does enter a, a weird realm of fair play that I'll talk about when we when I talk about how to use this card. So if you can untap this with Voltaic Key, that's two cards. Then it's like five cards, because like the next turn you're gonna tap it get, and draw like a third like one, two, three. Like you draw one, untap it, draw two, untap it for your next turn, draw three untap it draw four you're up 10 cards yeah so the one ring is powerful in a vacuum by itself it's really powerful because it scales with the bird encounters so yes like the capacity to do untap shenanigans and draw just an insane amount of cards is absurd but also with any type of proliferation effect i get that that secondary will also be very strong with this card I i've seen some mixed reviews at first glance where some people are like oh it's too expensive or it, it doesn't impact the board. It's not necessarily powerful. It enough. impacts the board. But, well, it impacts the board in that <laughs> you're protected and it draws a bunch yeah. of cards. But like it, at, at four mana, it doesn't do anything to the table. Like it protects you, but it doesn't disrupt sure. your opponent. It doesn't do anything. But the raw rate on how many cards this thing will draw, particularly in Legacy where Soul Lands and Fast Mana is available, yeah. this thing replaces itself immediately on top of giving you protection. So you know that it, your your life total is going to be the same when you untap because you're, you can't lose life because you have protection for everything. So you can lose lose life that's an important distinction uh damage dealt to you is reduced to zero but if somebody oh, so draining, draining will agony, still drain you they'll get you yeah no they can't target you that's what i mean yes they cannot target you this is true yeah, but yeah, if yeah. they find some way to to make you lose life which is why the the one ring and the life loss thing is important because that does balance it out not that you'd have protection mm. when the damage would be happening Right, right, right. The a powerful part of this card for a couple of particular reasons in Legacy. The first by itself is that you can go cast this, gain protection, tap it, draw a card, untap in your upkeep, lose one life, tap it, draw two cards. So you've effectively four mana ancestral, and then yeah. you can just cast another one, legend rule it, and then gain protection again, and then do it again. So yeah. four mana ancestrals that give you protection from everything by itself as a baseline for multiples is really good because it means that drawing multiples isn't bad. The second 
thing that's very good about this card is indestructible is actually pretty good on a well it's not good on a creature it is good on our artifact the most played removal spells for artifacts or enchantments in the format are destroy effects so yeah. meltdown is a destroy effect wear tear is a destroy effect outland liberator or whatever is a destroy effect the only thing that exiles that's routinely played is prismatic ending yeah and at that point you're trading at merit mana parity and you've already gone up a card so you've gotten the protection effect and you've tapped it to draw a card in response if they try and do that so you are just well ahead in that play pattern the only other thing is like maybe the singleton leyline binding here and there but even then you're still going up the card in positions where you're probably playing soul lands with this card and the third thing that's really powerful which i know that you'll get into is that it says when you cast it not when you cast it from hand yeah no and not that is from really hand valuable that's that is gigantic that means that means that you can loop this shit with emery yeah, well, that's what really I was going to say, is where will we be seeing this in Legacy, right? Maybe in a mono-red stompy list, now that initiative's gone, that could be a thing. But specifically, specifically, holy God, this card and Emery in 8-cast is just bonkers. Like, being able to just be like, oh, I'll tap Emery and put a One Ring into play, and then I'll draw some cards, and then I'll untap, and maybe I'll draw, you know, like, let let I'll take the damage, draw two cards, and then use Emery to cast the other one that's in your graveyard. Boop, legendary rule. That one goes to the graveyard. You still have protection. So like nobody can, basically you put a giant energy field down that your opponent cannot get through while you take one damage a turn uh, and, and go up three cards a turn. That's insane. It's not like eight cast is a deck that like you're just going to hide behind it and then like eventually die to your one damage a turn off of your uh, one ring. You're going to be like, okay, cool. Now they have a full grip again. I guess I'll just toss down Kappa Cannoneer and slam this thing down. Untap. every. I've got protection again. Untap and kill you. You know, like you're going to... Yeah. It's bonkers. The, the powerful thing about this card is that it is an engine by itself because yeah. it scales with the counters. Where would a de where would this kind of thing slot in? It can be incidental, uh, an eight-cast deck, because of how the, the volume of cards upon which it can draw when it ETBs, like before you get to untap and it's indestructible, like it has so many layers of protection for itself. The recursiveness that's like actively played in the format, indestructible already is really powerful. It's not it'll, blue. It'll, it's not so blue. So it can't be pyroplastic. The, the part that I... Um, that jumps out to me about this card is this is an a level thing in deck building you're gonna you're gonna look at this as like okay if this is the powerful thing to do and that like what you were talking about it's like okay if we want this then we want to put it in with like voltaic keys and manifold keys or whatever and then looking at other things in your c plan like you know mystic forge or whatever yeah. that also wants the keys can be really th this will create new archetypes by itself because the draw oh, yeah. is so powerful it will be a new combo deck i, I want to also uh reiterate that like in that scenario with emery you don't need to have two of them you could have sigh in play and you sigh to sacrifice it to draw a card and then cast it and get the get the thopter and that and like keep drawing a card off off of it with sigh so you don't have to have like a second copy to make this great and you don't really need a second copy to make it great anyhow I feel like if you get to draw like four cards off this, you should probably be winning the game in, in a deck that is so, so much of an avalanche as eight cast is where you're just like, boop, 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 boop. And all of a sudden, like three or four extra cards just like get you to a point where like almost your entire deck is free. It's also not speaking to like, we're, we're just talking about ways that you would do, you would do these things to offset the fact that you do have to take damage in your upkeep. This is not counting for the fact that like you could just play life game. 
You know, like yeah. Sylvan Library sees a ton of play and people just offset the card disadvantage with life gain. And then there's also some decks that just don't care about life total. You can be like against the, the decks that are trying to kill you in one shot or the control decks where life total is a little bit less relevant. You can just be like, all right, I'm going to cast this. I'm going to draw one, take a damage in my upkeep draw two and then now you have two burden counters so you'll take two that means that you've traded three life for three cards that rate is unbelievable yeah and that's three that's necropotence action. we have you unbanned know, necropotence guys what once you've drawn three cards you take three damage off of the burden counters but you've drawn three cards that means that you've paid four life and four mana for six cards yeah it's ridiculous it's on it's an insane rate and it only gets more insane as turns go on like once you're tapping this thing and drawing more than three cards it, it's it's wild times I, I i really do think that the the main home that it's going to see play in is it will just establish a new combo deck like, yeah i think, I think uh, this could just make valid. a colorless combo deck the, the the rate of card draw on this thing is bonkers by comparison to most other things we have access to so granted it's over several turn cycles but it's yeah. still insane so let's talk about the flavor real fast. I give this an A plus on flavor, right? The one ring is indestructible, obviously, right? Gives you the illusion of, of power with this like one turn protection from everything situation. You even get to draw a card for free and then things start to go badly for you, right? Like every time you use it, the more you use it, I have a one ring right here. It's my wedding ring. The more you use it, the more uh the the more sapped you become flavor off the charts for this i i love i love the flavor for this i would have never thought to design this particular card so well well done i would have made this like uh, an equipment that you put on a creature and and made it like unblockable yeah. or something stupid yeah. so yeah so that's the one ring i think i think we've we've given you enough to work with here we'll eventually be posting decks with the one ring and stuff like that but for now the one ring a plus. So let's move on to uh, some other some other revelations. One of the revelations, uh, if you didn't watch the, uh, and I, I have a reaction video up here too for me uh, watching the the uh, first look event and live reacting to it. Um, but one of the uh, revelations we found out is there will be no planeswalkers in this set. Yes, uh, one of the things that I was dropping in both uh, our Discord and the 90s MTD Discord and every chat that I've been in so far is the biggest takeaway from the announcement beyond the spoilers to me is when Blake expressly said that this was not this set was not designed with Modern Horizons power level. Yeah. So just the which, pricing, uh, uh, just the pricing just, from Modern Horizons. That that, that that statement alone of effectively saying we didn't arbitrarily power creep the shit out of everything to rotate every format blessings blessings sure. i mean whatever I, I, you you play with the cards you got you know like that's you that. play with the cards you got but it, it's so <laughs> it, like now i'm going to enjoy the spoiler season not going oh geez what are we going to get that's going to break the format and instead i'm going to be going what fun new cards are we going to get in this i set? mean you know? come on you know you know th that there's a level of of them just Even saying they, that to say it <laughs> Look, even if they do, even if they do print something absolutely fucking busto, my the the way that I am going to go into the spoiler season for this set is excited as opposed to skeptical, and that that changes. At the least experience. they at least they realize that that ha had been a problem, and and they have addressed it verbally. If yes, not, it, 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 I, I'm not going to be worrying about what's going to up in the format. Instead, I'm going to be going. What new exciting things can we look forward to today? And that's just such a great feeling for yeah. a spoiler season. So some other some other like news things before we get to some other cards. So we're gonna see some reprints in the form of box toppers. Uh, Wasteland was already uh, announced as. The, Are you uh, gonna replace your Wastelands? 
Yeah, you can. I, ooh, am I? I might. Are, if, this, so, if these are cheap enough, I might. I, I, okay, I, so I would. Tell me, is the Valley of Gorgoroth, which is the Wasteland skin, is that flavorful for Wasteland? Yeah, yeah, I think so, for sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, that is a Wasteland. That is like, that is the, the, the Badlands, basically. Like, if it was Badlands, it would be even more more perfect. But, like, that is the exact idea. Like, if you listen, you, I can look at this and I can hear Bruce Springsteen playing. Like, that's how much of a Badlands it is. But a yep. Wasteland is, is flavor-wise, is, is, is pretty spot on. And, like, when Mount Doom blows, doesn't it, like, aren't you sacrificing the Wasteland to destroy, like, everything else around it? But, yeah, so you, we, the reprinting Wasteland it, as a box topper. Bridge of Casa Doom, Ensnaring Bridge. The party tree, that's the tree that, uh, at the 111th birthday party for uh, for Bilbo. Party tree is the Great Henge. Um, that's where my all-time favorite scene from Lord of the Rings is is from the movies is when they take that one scene from the Ralph Bakshi films where like there's that guy like just putting his feet up and he's like and proud foots and the guy goes proud feet my favorite part we get some uh some interesting reprints of soul ring that are serialized the the elven rings and the dwarven rings and the rings for men there will be 3000 7000 and 9000 in different numbers, which is, you know, the whatever. The serialized, the serialized cards are 300, 700, 900. So also fewer than Alpha Lotuses. True, yes. But the, so there's another like weird foiling that they're doing with that, which will bring it up to 3,000, 7,000 and 9,000. I, I, I can, I'll pop the thing over here so that you can give it a look, but I didn't understand any of it. I thought he was missed mischaracterizing uh, what was going on but uh, after looking at it there will be 3000 7000 and 9000 maybe that's because it's the number of you know the d different number of rings or something they they said that the numbers were chosen because there's three rings to elves seven rings to dwarves and nine rings to men yeah only and three so of those rings are named which is like yeah they they said that, that in his announcement he was like it's from the the styling on those promos is the elfin text of the poem yeah. that refers to the rings and so he said as he was talking about, he was like, That's yeah, in... three, seven, and nine. And then they just extrapolated those numbers out. But they, the reason that it's 300, 700, 900, or whatever, is because of three, seven, nine. Uh, just as a heads up, that that the text on those is is uh, Quenya, which is the elven text. But the language is the black speech of Mordor. Because Sauron didn't have the time to like make up a whole new like letter system. So he just used the L's letter system. So that's, you know, that's where that's coming from. So so there's that. Then then we have some of the commander cards. Get Radagast, uh, Wizard of the Wilds, which is like a bird and beast commander, which I think... That, not I think not, we just not legacy had, relevant. Yeah, we just recently had something like that. And then you get Sam, Loyal Attendant, which is, uh, he pairs with Frodo. That's cool, I guess. A three mana two four that at the beginning of combat on your turn makes a food token. So making a food token every turn on a three mana two four, and then it says activated abilities of foods you control cost one less to activate. So this effectively turns your two mana for three life into one mana for three life. Yeah, that's that, not terrible. That, that that by itself isn't good. However, it's a legendary creature, so it in Caracas's colors and. At the beginning of uh, making a food token every turn, that's one mana, three life. That can blank combat pretty at quickly. Maverick thinking about Maverick. Well, the other this, huh? the, the, the yeah. other thing about this though that makes it that that is still interesting is because it has partner with Frodo Adventurous Hobbit, which hasn't been spoiled yet. It draws a card. If, 
<laughs> if Frodo Adventures Hobbit is good, it tutors. Yeah. And the other one will tutor the other way. So like the fact that both of them draw a card plus give you like tutors a card and gives you a gain piece in the same turn that it comes in. And then that gain piece is relevant to stopping combat oriented decks. This one, and, and it doesn't die to bolt. It's a two four. This one is very much in the range of me to potentially being playable because it does enough incidental things in a color that can abuse it a little bit better than anything else so yeah. like it seems at first glance like it's trash or that it's not playable and i actually think that it is pretty reasonable yeah without uh, even knowing what the other card is like yeah. if the other card is good that, that's really what matters like if the other card is playable then we're talking so uh, I'll, I'll just go over a couple of the other cards that aren't really worth mentioning on a big scale uh reprieve is a white remand cool for it's modern a better players remand. that want a white remand it is a it's better, better. Remand. it yeah, is i guess it, i guess because it, it gets around uh like can't be countered spells right it means you can returning a spell means that you it can still stop a cavern of souls creature. Remand oh. itself cannot. Remand says there you go. Counter target spell if it's countered this way. Return it to hand. Draw a card. If Which that even that matters I, in modern, you know, like no, no. I mean, well, <laughs> cavern of souls definitely does. Like cavern against primeval titan. Like yeah, that yeah, is yeah. very relevant. Sure. The, yeah. the, the 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 difference here is that like reprieve being able like that is the one specific clause on that reprieve the the interaction that reprieve does that remand doesn't. Where this one is just, in my mind, a strictly better remand. It may not be actually better because it's in white rather than blue, and that may be the difference maker. But in terms of like uh, like looking at the cards without looking at the colors, like this is a strictly better remand. Okay, hold on, <laughs> I gotta like come back and say all the people who are like, but Phil, what if you're playing remand with Baral? Like you counter the spell with your remand so you can get your loots. All right, okay, you, you fucking got me, guy. Guy who's thinking about that one dude overall. Okay, yeah, well, so on to the next one. What do we think about Aragon and Arwen the Wed? Uh, I mean, I think it's fine. It looks like three six for six mana. We're not going to see that in in this. It's in green, in bro. Format. It's in green. What? Because it pop it puts a plus one plus one counter on all your guys and gains you some life. It I don't says, know, man. I wouldn't, whenever, I wouldn't show and tell this in. Whenever uh, it uh, <laughs> enters the battlefield or attacks, you put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control, and then you gain one life for each creature you control. Which means that every time you attack, you'll gain a life for your whole board. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, man. Okay, uh, maybe, cool. maybe. No, definitely uh, not. Yeah. No way. I think Sora and the Lidless Eye has a better has a better chance of being playable as like a foil to uh Emrakul. You know, I saw this card, <laughs> it's three black red for a four-four that says when it enters the battlefield, you gain control of target creature and opponent controls on until end of turn, untap it and gains haste. So it's a threaten. Yeah. And then it has one black red creatures you control get plus two plus oh until end of each turn. Or, or until until end of turn. And each opponent loses two life. So it's a mana sink that can drain your opponent out. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Tom Bombadil is as far as flavor is concerned. I have some things to talk about there, but let, let me just explain what Tom Bombadil is as a magic card. It's a 4-4 four, four for all five colors, legendary creature, god bard. As long as there are four or more lore counters among sagas you control, Tom Bombadil has hexproof and indestructible. Whenever the final chapter ability of a saga resolves, reveal from the top of your library until you reveal a saga card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library, then shuffle. This ability triggers only once each turn. The cool thing about this, we're not playing this in Legacy, just as a heads up. Like every, I think I think I, I should just throw that out there. We're not playing this in Legacy. Very cool commander. I love a five color commander. I think, so Tom Bombadil is this guy in Lord of the Rings 
that like before Frodo and Sam and and uh, Mary and Pippin get to Rivendell, Tom Bombadil like helps them get get away from a tree, and then he puts on the One Ring and he doesn't care; it doesn't do anything to him. He gives it back. He's one of only two characters in Lord of the Rings that willingly gets rid of the the One Ring. Who's the other? Samwise Gamgee. Very powerful. Yeah. So that and and that says something about like about like that as a character. But the cool thing about this, the flavor thing about this, he's a god bard. So that's not that's not canon actually. Tom Bombadil has a lot of lore videos online. You can look up a lot of fan theories online about him. And one of the big fan theories is that he is Iru Iluvatar. He is the god of the Tolk of Tolkien's universe of the Legendarium, right? And that's not like canon. That's just like a fan theory. It's cool that they, like they they threw it into here. But the other fun thing that like is the other fan theory is this is actually just Tolkien. Is this the Mary Sued version of Tolkien that he threw into the story as as like himself? And he was like, "I'm in the story." Boop boop boop. And then like he's at you know he didn't like he yo. Didn't, like, if have, only like, they if if only this card had the flavor the flavor ability called boop boop boop. That'd be so much better. <laughs> the other cool thing is is if we you know we we take that into account that this is. Tolkien, the fact that he cares about sagas, that's kind of that's kind of meta. I like that. It's another Vorthos. Like yeah. this, they they printed Vorthos as the character in uh, I forget what set they put that into. Infinity? Yeah, right? we'll we'll go with it. I think it was un not unglued, whatever came after unglued. Yeah, Unhinged? Well, yeah, the, the, Unhinged. The, the, whatever whatever the whatever the card that is just like the Vorthos. It's kind of yeah. it, it reminded me of that when it came up where yeah. I was like, "Oh, it just cares about stories and stuff i mean the effect is pretty sweet i mean the mana cheat if you have like big sagas is going to be pretty insane yeah i feel like this is one of those things where you just like you want just a couple very powerful sagas in your deck and as that happens you just get another new great saga there's one that just shuffles all the cards back into your deck so like get like you could get to a point where like you're just cycling all your sagas constantly all right i'm gonna enlighten tutor my kiora best of sea god to the top of my deck and then just put it into play. Yeah. Okay, so then after that, we've got uh, Mount Doom, which is basically a callback to Shivan Gorge. <laughs> it's you a know, callback to Shivan Gorge. Legend, and, legendary land from Urza Saga. And Sulfurous Springs, yeah. You can pay seven mana to... Uh, so you, to yeah, like, to, to read it, it's a, it's a legendary land that says pay one life, add red or black. One black red tap, it deals a damage to each opponent. And then five black red, sacrifice it in a legendary artifact choose up to two creatures, then destroy the rest. Even without being as deep into flavor as you are, I get the flavor from the story yeah. of what this one's doing, right? Let, d- tell me if I'm wrong here. Pay one life, add red or black. Okay, it's a volcanic mountain with hot magma in it. Cool, it makes black or red mana. We get yep. it. Pay, deal one damage to each opponent. It's because it's a fucking wasteland and everything hurts and nothing goes right for anybody and it sucks. So yeah, deal sure. and damage. It's a shivan gorge, yeah. And then five black, Mount Doom, Sacrifice a legendary artifact. It's representative of the ring falling into it and annihilating everybody. But Sam and Frodo survive and therefore choose two creatures. That is correct. Yeah, you got Hell it. Oh yeah, hell yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently, when you did this, the only two creatures you had into play were Sam and Frodo. You didn't have anything better that you could choose. <laughs> no, no, you had you. Had, I mean, well, they get each other. You know, they they yeah. partnered. So then we've got Frodo, Soren's Bane, and Samwise the Stouthearted. Let's talk about. Uh, so hold on. for for my own sake, is it? I've I've heard it pronounced two different ways. I've heard it pronounced Soren, like Soren, like mm-hmm. the vampire, and then I've also ha- heard it pronounced the Saudon. Yeah, and so, I don't know if one is just like trying to put on an accent or which one's actually correct. So look, I'm a person of of the world. Let's say uh, I have I, I grew up in Ohio. 
I lived in South Jersey. I lived in North Carolina. I lived in New York. So I have, I have, I think, I think it was Jeremy Remix uh, who once said to me, are you from here originally? Cause you just talk like, I can't place your accent. And so I, I just, I say things and, and you're going to hear me not only mispronounce it, but, but re-mispronounce it in a different way. I think it's, it should be pronounced Sauron. Okay. Uh, it's just like so Saruman. I... Saruman is the uh, other one, but you could say Saruman. Okay. But yeah. Okay. So, so it's, it's not like there's a universe, like the, the collectively everybody is like, this is the correct way, even though people pronounce it differently. I, I'm sure there is a linguistically there, I mean, correct look, way, but like. To- Tolkien has of... said it out loud. So he, he like, we've oh, heard it. What is, what has he said? I'm pretty sure he says Sauron. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to know. Cause like I've always pronounced it Sauron, but I've heard a lot of people say Sauron. The same, yeah. like pronounced similar to the vampire. And I was like, I wonder which one's no, actually different, right. different guy. I just shortcut things. And I have like, that's where my South Jersey accent comes out a little Dude, bit. Teferi Tefri. I get it. Tefri. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get enough comments about that. By the way, if you're enjoying this, like subscribe, comment. What are your favorite cards so far? Have you read all, all of the legendarium? Like I have for the most part, the only time that the mispronunciation of a, a name in magic has annoyed the shit out of me. There are two. So I shouldn't say the only time. There are two. Like if you say Sauron instead of Sauron, like who cares? But if you say Garuk instead of Garrick, <laughs> or if I you love say if you say Hogak instead of Hogak, it uh, I just I I I I tense up. I I I was uh this is because of 20 side store. I would occasionally say Yase instead of Jace. Well, that's that's just that's just being played. That's voluntarily playful. Yeah, that's yeah. not like you know, I, 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 I said Garouk a few times. I, I don't even care because he's like not a character anymore. He's not a character. Anymore. I mean, he'll, he'll come back eventually, but like, yeah, he always you know, does. It, it, yeah it, it is confirmed Garrick and it's confirmed Hogak, yeah. not Garouk or Hogak. All right, moving on. Frodo Sauron's Bane uh, is a legendary halfling citizen. You can pay Orzov Orzov to make him a scout that becomes a 2-3 with lifelink. He starts off as a 1-2. Then you can play... Black, pay black 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 if he's a scout he becomes a rogue and then he gets whenever uh he deals combat damage to a player that player loses the game if you have tempted the ring four or more times otherwise you tempt the ring or the ring tempts you uh which they haven't explained yet no, At the time of this i kept trying to ask and no and and he wouldn't ask a- yeah, answer no, he, uh, he, he, he he did say that uh they weren't spoiling that mechanic today yeah. beyond like what what uh, this is this my is guess only is it's is it's like uh, being in a dungeon, which is terrible. But this is the only card so far <laughs> that does that that refers to getting to do something if you've been tempted. There are a bunch of other cards that we'll talk about uh, yeah. that, that tempt you, uh, but there aren't any payoffs with it. So yeah, I mean, so it, it, we should it, then it, talk it's, about it's, Samwise then. Yeah, this uh, unfortunately it seems like this is just going to be another parasitic mechanic where you get to do something if the ring tempts you and. This is the only set where the ring will be able to tempt you. I have a question about Frodo. Beyond it being a what's the Boros card that originally did this? Figure of destiny. Figure of destiny. Beyond being a figure of destiny in the lore of Lord of the Rings, are they halflings or are they hobbits? Halflings. Are they interchangeable? Halflings are actually now Wizards of the Coast, but TSRs were not going to get sued by the Tolkien Estate. Word for hobbits. Oh, so the Tolkien Estate owns Hobbit, and then Hobbit. Yeah, Hobbit came first. Actually, because because what happened was when D and D started becoming a thing, and they started adding races and stuff, they were gonna ca- they literally were gonna call halflings hobbits, and the Tolkien Estate was like, "We will sue the pants off of you," and they were like, "Halflings, then." I see. Okay, so that's that's even though they have the IP here, 
they don't have the rights to the word Hobbit. I think so that just it just like mechanically speaking, they're the same. They are the same thing, and there are cards that you know work with halfling. Uh, right, right. That, but I'm saying that know, like, like if they, you want to make a halfling like Lord Deck or something like that, you can totally. you can include these guys because that would suck uh, if you couldn't. If if they didn't have to worry about getting sued or had the rights to Hobbit, they would have used Hobbit here, not Halfling. I think they I think they easily could use Hobbit. Okay. It just I I truly believe that uh, this late in the game. After they've already like, you know, I think we were, I, I was talking to somebody the other day about Lost Soul. If you read Lost Soul, it's, it's Summon Lost Soul, which is not a thing anymore. It's now like Spirit Minion or something like that. But like, I think that they're trying to get to a point where they only have like X, X amount of different kinds of creatures, especially if they're so close to each other and yeah. just make them, just make them halflings because halflings already exist in Magic the Gathering. And we yeah. don't want to keep, is are Kithkin just Kithkin? Are they halflings? I don't remember. I think it just gets to a point where they're like, you know what? Like, we don't need to add another creature type to the game that, like, no one's going to use, especially outside of this, when we could have this work. And yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure they're thinking about for Commander, where, like, some people just, like, so, there's a guy out there that's like, I'm going to make a halfling, like, centric Commander deck, totally. you know? Yeah. People do that. Shout out to Ryan Fisher, who was playing an all-thrawn deck against us at uh, at Command Fest in, like, May. Ridiculous. So let's go to Samwise, the Stouthearted. He is a two-mana flesh, 2-1. Two, when he enters the battlefield, choose up to one target creature permanent you control that was put there from the battlefield this turn. Uh, sorry, one permanent you control in a graveyard that was put there uh, this turn, and you can return to your hand, and then he tempts the ring. The, the artwork on this one, being called the Stouthearted, you could easily alter him holding a Guinness in his left hand. <laughs> that would be good. And this that actually looks... I, I, and I said this in the in the review... This actually kind of has like the facial features of Sean Astin, which is pretty it cool. It does. It really does. Yeah. yeah. We'll put up some of the other uh, versions of these cards because you get some really cool looks at like what the art is going to look like. The one Frodo one that is the showcase Frodo one is is a straight callback to the to the Ralph Bakshi films, which is really cool to me. He's you, got the like the haircut, so that's that's rad. Then we have the Shire that creates a food token. Yeah, uh, is it is the Shire underwhelming to you? I mean, or is it flavorfully on? Shouldn't it be? So you know? so you think that's so you think it's good? The the, the Shire is legendary. Yeah. It's a legendary land that enters the battlefield tapped unless you control a legendary creature. It has add green and then it has one green tap. Tap an untapped creature you control, create a food token. It's yeah, more the food, only thing I but... could I could think of that it could do otherwise is like if you have the one ring, it puts Gandalf in your hand or something like that. Wow. You know, like, wow. Wow. <laughs> you know the, but aside from that, like I think it's yeah, sort of being bland is good. Yeah, like the Shire, the only thing that happens in the Shire is at the very end of Lord of the Rings. After the movie is done, there is a there are 27 chapter. endings. Yeah. There, well, okay. there's another <laughs> chapter basically where uh, the, the hobbits go back to the Shire. Soromon has taken over the Shire with Wormtongue, and they they have to, like, take back the Shire. It's called The Scouring of the Shire. I don't know if you're... If, if you want to go and read uh, Return of the King, it's, the, like, the last, like, 40 pages of Return of the King. They took it out of the movies because it was like, this is boring. Yeah. It's like, yeah. we just had the big ending. What are we doing? And by big ending, you mean, like, the big ending followed by 40 other endings. I remember when yeah. I saw it in theaters... Obviously, the movie's insanely long, right? And yep. I remember once it got to like the fourth of the 12 endings or whatever, I kid you not, there was somebody that just out loud went, oh my God, come on, man. 
<laughs> That's and everybody started laughing. It was awesome. because nobody nobody left. Mind you, nobody. Everybody was like, "We're here. We're watching." I but saw that with a. I saw Return of the King. I, I saw all of them in the theater, but I saw Return of the King with a friend of mine. We got and we were just like so into into Lord of the Rings. And when it when we got to the end, Sam and Frodo are going to the Undying Lands. I started like getting teared up, man. And I was like, yeah. I knew this was going to happen. Just like starting to get sad because I knew it was over. I'm like, we're not getting any more like good Lord of the Rings. This is it. This is all the story. Like Tolkien's dead. We're not going to wow. get a fourth age. I was bummed. We've got that. We've got the the basic lands, which look cool. I just want to say uh, the island. That's not a, an island, what, guys. W- w- like, what do you think it, of? What Nord? do you think of the? There's a couple more cards that we we skipped over. You cannot pass. Why did? Sir Ian McClellan changed it to you shall not pass in the movie. Oh no, man. Is that do you think that was a mistake, but it was their best take, so they kept it? Or yeah, I think that's really what happened. Yeah. Did 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 the did the world of Tolkien fandom flip their shit when he said it wrong in the movie? Nope. No one knew. Everybody was there just weren't like, enough, this is great. there weren't enough to- like the movies created an entire base. Like I I I got into to Tolkien heavily after the movies. But, mm-hmm. like, the movies are what brought me in initially. Like, I knew about the Ra- Ralph Bakshi films, uh, the Ra- Rankin and Bass Hobbit, and the Rankin and Bass Lord of, uh, Return of the King movie. Because the Ralph Bakshi film is basically Fellowship in Two Towers. And then, like, they gave it back to Rankin and Bass for Return of the King. I, I knew about all-, all that stuff, and I watched it. I even had, like, a ritual where every uh, every year on New Year's Day... I worked at this comic shop. Everybody else would go out drinking and stuff. And I was like a straight edge at the time. Uh, so I worked on New Year's Day and I would mm. watch the Ralph Bakshi. It's like a three and a half hour film. The Ralph Bakshi, uh, return, uh, sorry, uh, Lord of the Rings film. Uh, and just like take in the rotoscope, you know? So I would do that every, like every year. But I didn't really get into Lord of the Rings until after the movies came out. And so what I, what I love about this is that I think that you're going to find that we get, we get almost as many, Lord of the Rings fans out of this after being like being exposed to it as a magic set as Lord of the Rings fans coming in become magic fans. Uh yeah, 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 for sure. This will be one of the crossovers that's actually super effective. Like uh, my buddy Harry from from Moxfield today was like, "Should I should I read these?" And I was like, "Just get the Hobbit, start there." And he was like, "I'm just going to get all four of the books." There's one. We've got one fan. We've got right? one, like, yeah. I think that there's going to be a non-zero number of people that you know are like okay i'm 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 up in the hype like i want to know what actually happens and they like you know they read lord of the rings my advice for those people is start with the hobbit it's a bit of a children's story but it's the shorter thing it's like 11 hours if you're on audible no we'll toss our audible link down below we still got that if you want to get into lord of the rings this is the time to do it you know fuck yeah yeah, and you get a free book. Start with start with the Hobbit. Fellowship of the Rings is a great read, but like that first, like that first, like third of the first book is, is you're in the Shire, and you're it's just dense, yeah. they're just explaining the Shire to you. But yeah. after you get out of Shire, it's super. It's great, man. Like, and, and even in the Shire is good, but like they're really doing a lot of world building there. But once you get out of the Shire, it's just action all the way through. Two Towers is all action. Uh, and Return of the King does some really excellent world building and you get like a lot of, you know, it's just the whole thing's great. Like, I, I kid you not, this to me is the greatest story ever told. The Silmarillion is my Bible. I, I can't say enough good things about Lord of the Rings as as a thing. 
you know, and the fan base is amazing. Well, uh, we got one more, one more thing oh. before we stop. We got, oh. we have one more card. One more card. And we have, we have Gollum Patient Plotter. Oh yeah, Gollum. Which is, which is one in a black four, three, one. I think, I don't think this is the only Gollum. There's a, there's already like, there's, yeah, you know we're going to be getting, a, be. you know, we're going to be getting a bunch of different uh, versions of the same character. Yes. I wanted to mention that. So, yeah. 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 So we, the way that they explained for this one is that the characters are based on moments throughout the story. So you're seeing the characters essentially progress through the story. Yeah, in a moment in time given. in the story, yeah. In moments in time. And then the colors for each of those cards are associated to what they are in that moment in time. So the characters obviously change as the story goes on. And so the, you know, like we already know we're getting a bunch of Gandalfs, a bunch of Frodo's, a bunch of Sam's. I imagine we're going to be getting a, several Gollum's as well because... To make Gollum only an uncommon would feel weird, as of all the things. Right, yeah. Um, so I imagine we'll get another version of him. But this particular version is actually a pretty relevant effect. So it's a one in a black four three one. It says when it leaves the battlefield, the ring tempts you. We don't necessarily know how powerful that is yet because we don't know what other things can pay off that yep. mechanic. But the the other effect is black sacrifice a creature, return Gollum from your graveyard to your hand, activate only as a sorcery. It's a sack outlet in the graveyard. Yeah. And that, and that is historically very powerful. Now, I, it's mitigated because it has it, you have to pay a black. Yeah. But the fact that you can discard a sack outlet is, I, I don't know what deck would want this right now, but it is historically an extremely powerful effect to have sack outlets in other zones. If you have a discard outlet that doesn't cost mana, then it effectively is just black sack a creature yeah which which can be very powerful and i would not be surprised if this if this shows up for exactly that ability because you want to be able to discard your sack outlet i don't think that legacy is in a place where you can do something like that without comboing and i think the mana gate on this and only might be too steep but i wouldn't i wouldn't rule it out i think of all of the cards beyond the one ring itself as like the most potential to see play in legacy I think it is that one because of that ability, which is unique. Well, uh, I, oh, other things I wanted to say, we're going to get a Gandalf the White. Apparently we've got Gandalf Friend of the Shire is a card. So mm -hmm. those are some things. I'm waiting for of... I'm waiting for them to give us another version of the One Ring that is just <laughs> Gandalf's Divining Top where, where we are looking forward to it. Well, yeah, I guess I guess the I mean the one ring I feel like doesn't change. I'm kind of bummed that we're not going to get like a whole like cycle of legendary ring cards that are like you know Nina Verna and the, I forget the names of the el Elven rings well, on the top of my head. One thing that Blake said though was the if you can name a character in the story, it is likely that they have a card in this set. He was like, I'm sure we we missed some. Yeah, he's like. For most of you out there, if you can name a character, they will show up in the set. Well, so yeah. So let's talk about real fast the uh, commander decks. So you've got the hosts of Mordor, which is obviously orcs and, and Nazgul and stuff. You've got the Elven Council, which is, uh, that's Simic. Uh, the or the Mordor one was Grixis. Then you've got an Abzan Food and Fellowship, which is, uh, I'm assuming, Hobbits. And uh, then you have the Riders of Rohan, 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 which Blake is- Blake was pronouncing it Rohan, so- just just guy deck and so with that with the writers one like you're gonna get theoden you're gonna get elmir eowyn uh you'll probably get pippin in in that one or is it mary mm -hmm. I, but yeah we haven't seen mary and pippin yet right we haven't seen legolas or gimli we haven't seen boromir or faramir denethor 
Bennett Thor the second. What? Yeah, uh, Blake. Blake had also mentioned on the Twitch stream that he was like, this set is going like has a legend sub theme. Uh, yeah. So like one of the one of the cards called you cannot pass, which is why I was saying is you cannot pass or shall not pass. But this one's a, a white instance that that says destroy target creature that was blocked uh, or that blocked or was blocked by a legendary creature this turn. So there's a legendary sub theme because there are so many characters that they wanted to include. So yeah, you know your your mox ambers will get more powerful. Your Caracas will have more targets, as is the case with every set. But this one a little bit more densely so are you going to change out your basics for the map basics no man because i have my basics are good man like i have i have some great basics like I, i'm i'm using the synthwave basics for my eight cast deck like that's two on point I, I will use them for like edh decks and stuff i like to i like to just have like a bunch of a bunch of weird basics on hand like i i mm -hmm. just got these guys super cool oil slick basics oh yeah yeah, these yeah. are these are rad and it's great because in eh like you know like you don't have necessarily always a place to put all these things but like if you have a deck that just needs like two of each basic or something like my tom bombadil deck is probably going to have a bunch of cool basics in it i i i told i told watsi that i'm going to make a commander deck for every legend they put out so mm -hmm. you can go to my mock field once they start once this deck is out I will literally be making a deck for every single legend. Yeah. Let us know in the comments. The, this is the first news that I'm hearing that you're going to uh, embark upon this venture. If you are in the group of listeners to our podcast that would be interested in Zach's Lord of the Rings themed EDH decks for each legend, uh, let us know if you want to see yeah, him. Yeah. Let us know if you want uh, to see Zach produce his edh deck list videos that tell you the flavor of why he chose all the cards he did for each one yeah well i think that does it for uh for for now this was a bit of a bonus episode like i said you can check out that uh interview i did with uh blake rasmussen you can check out the reaction i had to the to the first look you know we did we interviewed phil phil Nguyen last week that that's it for us today have a good one everybody Fossa phil what it do? Let's go. Companions breaking legacy up in a choreo. In your cyborg Zerda, Larissa, and Garuda go. Restrictions and breeding creativity in this format when the only restriction is that you have to play them, yo. Only CMCs under two ain't no threshold. It's how every deck has been built since 2004. Lovers of the dream den in your cyber creeping. Casting all them bubbles even when you hardly need them. Legacy demanding you have a companion, yo. Even if it means presenting that thick 80, yo. Yori and flying and flicking all of 2019 to remind us of Watsi's mistakes be power creeping, yo. Big Garuda bugged and banned from Magic TG, yo. Cloning up itself like he was casting mirrors, yo. Zero was even meaning LED be cleaning up like Black Lotus was unrestricted and we ain't even dreaming, yo. Companions be untouchable unless you cast them, yo. Hellbent is a fallacy like the cult of Rakdos. Wishes are for losers when you can just have it, yo. Why you wasting space when this meal comes with a free roll? If you wanna play competitively, put your companion where my eyes can see. Another mirror match, this is obscene. These designs are made egregiously. If you wanna play competitively, put your companion where my eyes can see. Another mirror match, this is obscene. These designs are made egregiously. What it do? Zerda be my best friend in all of the boros, yo. Activated abilities, all there is to know. Monolithic combos make infinite mana, yo. Con the great creator, tutor, lattice, lock you, bro. Giganta wall springing up in Eldrazi aggro. That kind of flavor fail might even throw off my flow. A way to cast Lutri and just copy it apropos. Reclaiming my time like I was out on the Senate flow. Karuga the macro sage is a dino hippo, yo. Obash Pierce and Prey cause he's a horror helio. Mori the collector at first glance unplayable. 
Kahira got an offensive yo deck in beast mode. Companions are super busted and ain't no secret yo. Future future league on a mission from no one knows. I'ma take a tangent like the movie Memento. It's like Watsi's mistakes are tattooed up up on the skull. Lyris is the king if we be epic storming yo. Killing it with Taiga Kairo Baskin's hubby yo. I'm the only one who hasn't seen an episode because I've been too busy getting fucked up by companions. If pulling out the Ben Hammer is what they gonna do, will Rosewater be designing for 2022? The future is fraught with more avoidable mistakes. Maybe they should change design to power creep the brakes. You wanna play competitively? Put your companion where my eyes can see. Another mirror match, this is obscene. These designs were made egregiously. If you wanna play competitively, Put your companion where my eyes can see Another mirror match, this is obscene These designs were made egregiously If you wanna play competitively Put your companion where my eyes can see Another mirror match, this is obscene These designs were made egregiously If you wanna play competitively Put your companion where my eyes can see Another mirror match, this is obscene These designs were made egregiously What it do? Call me Nostradamus, my name for Sophilio Brewing up some nonsense like a turbo townie, yo. Eternally dirtling in the top eight of a tournament, drinking some bourbon like companions, I'm despicable!